Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. Hi, Paula. Welcome to Truest Voice. Um, Truest Voice is a podcast dedicated to interviewing authors of every genre in the nonfiction Christian inspirational market. I'm your host, Sharon Watson, and today it's my pleasure to introduce author and speaker Paula Moldenhauer. She is an author, speaker, a mom of four, encouraging others to flourish in freedom. A popular speaker, she has presented in local, regional, and national venues. And at the heart of every message is the passion to see others release to healthy, vigorous growth so they can flourish living beyond what they dare to dream. This message of flourishing freedom also permeates Paula's written word. Welcome to Truest Voice, Paula. Oh, I'm so glad to be here, Sharon. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. I'm so glad to hear your voice and, and talk with you. We lived close together for a while, and, and then I um, came on back to Texas from Colorado, and you're still up there in the Rocky Mountains. I am, and we miss you up here. Oh, miss you too. <laughs> but we can chat here today anyway. I love technology. I am looking forward to this. What a great idea. Good. Well, before we chat about your books and speaking ministry, Paula, will you share a little bit about yourself and your family for our audience? Well, as you said, I am a mom of four, but one time it was four little kids in six years, and then it was four teenagers, and then it was four in college, and now I'm releasing four into adulthood, and so our oldest is married, and a beautiful young woman, and wonderful husband, and our second oldest, that's our big news, is our son is getting married in two months, so that's the big news in our family right now, and we have uh, two other boys, one graduating from college this year, and one doing an internship um, this year, kind of taking a break from the traditional college experience to do an internship in children's ministry at a local church here. Oh, how exciting. And I'm right there with you. I have my second son will be getting married um, actually in October. So we share that in commonality. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And congratulations to you too, Mother of the Grim. Or <laughs> I hope you have such a great time at that wedding. I We had a great time at our youngest son's wedding, so we're looking forward to this one, too. Well, I just got my dress, so the biggest dress is over, right? Yay! I haven't got mine yet. I'm still <laughs> still looking around. You've got a little, <laughs> I have more. a little time, though. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, also, I know some a uh, couple other things that you had written. You just recently celebrated your silver anniversary with your husband, Jerry. Yeah, actually, um, this year will be 27 years. So God has just gave me a wonderful gift in a husband who's been extremely patient and kind with me and been part really of my journey into becoming more and more of who God created me to be and stepping out of the boxes that I grew up in. So oh, that's wonderful. Oh, yes. I, that's one thing that I'm grateful for as well, a husband who's walked with me through my journey of healing. And it seems that we have um, some things in commonality. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with our guests 
sometime soon as well. So um, I also see that you treasure time together with your husband and I'm trying to make, I hope you're, are you hearing this stinging noise behind me, Paula? I'm not. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm wondering, um, let's see, you love peppermint ice cream. I am reading. I read that in your bio. <laughs> I can't wait for Christmas to come so you can get the peppermint ice cream at the grocery store. I grew up near a Brahms. We don't have Brahms in Colorado. And I know the exact place when I'm headed east on I-70 where the very first Brahms is. And I always go get peppermint ice cream. And right now, oh, yeah. peppermint tea. what tea are you having, Sharon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm having chai, which I love with a little bit of almond milk and coconut milk in it and a little stevia, just nice and sweet and warm and that great for a cool lovely. day. It is. <laughs> but I do love peppermint tea as well. <laughs> um, now you also said that you love in your in your bio says that you love walking barefooted. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, I I grew up in Oklahoma and if we talk too long and your Texan shows a little more than it's showing right now, I will fall right back into that accent. But you know, there's lots of jokes in Oklahoma about being barefoot, but I love the feel of grass underneath my feet. And my husband's cousin's a chiropractor. And they have all these theories, you know, with the more holistic thinking of natural medicine and, and um, that that's really actually very good for you to be grounded in the earth, that it's healing to your body. So there you go. I agree. I agree. Now just watch out for those snakes. And I'm going to just start going into my Southern um, accent. So maybe we can both go there. Oh, I no, 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 no. So I'm going to fall right back into it. <laughs> okay. We'll keep it light for those of us who are not listening from the Southern areas. <laughs> Oh, um, I miss the colorful beauty of the Southern culture. You know, there are so oh. many metaphors and speech patterns that you just don't get anywhere else, and I miss them. Right. Well, come on down and visit, and I'll, I'll get you right back into the, uh, the gist of it. <laughs> I reckon that would be a great time. <laughs> yes. Okay, you also talked about adventuring with friends. Um, tell me what kind, of what kind of adventures you're talking about. Well, you know, I guess a good um, I, example of that is my best, one of my best friends from college came out just for a little quick visit a while back, and we had a, a nice little condo up in the mountains, and then I was online one night, and I'm like, oh my goodness. We're really close to river rafting. Oh my goodness, we're really close to dinosaurs. And she's saying, You mean we could get in the car and drive a couple of hours and we could hit dinosaurs? I'm like, Yeah, we could see dinosaur bones. So the next thing you knew, we extended our trip and we went to see the Dinosaur National Monument and hiked around and looked at dinosaur bones outside of even the you know, main facility, and then we went riverboat rafting, and then we decided, well, we can't just go straight home, because if we put another hour on it, then we can go to Arches, and we can see and hike around in that park, in that national park, and that was a great thing for me to have that kind of freedom, and it really began in 2012 when I was quite overweight. I had gone through a couple of car accidents, and uh, physically, I was not able to read or write for a while. I'm not saying that I couldn't do it. I'm saying it brought on headaches and other symptoms in my body. 
Um, I couldn't handle much stress, and I spent a lot of hours in the dark alone in my room. And so I began taking walks when when these symptoms would hit as I was trying to heal from these car accidents. And I started losing weight. I started adventuring. And when I first started walking, literally in my own neighborhood, I didn't really feel safe to walk alone. And over time, you know, I just think it's a beautiful example of adventuring in life, adventuring with the Holy Spirit. What he did with my walking, eventually I just started exploring all kinds of places by myself and sometimes with no schedule and would walk two or three hours. So then when my friend came and we took off on this adventure, it was sort of new for both of us. We had been, you know, as moms, um, very focused and structured with our families and, and to be able to just on the spur of the moment, make these kind of decisions, I couldn't help but think of how it was a metaphor of the spiritual freedom and the things that God was teaching me in that part of my life as well. Oh, that's perfect. I um, I know I've kind of walked through something similar as well. Um, just finding that freedom from fear is um, huge. And so many people who have lived through circumstances, which we'll get to in a little bit here, um, similar to what we've lived through um, tend to have that fear. And it's so great to break free from that finally. And and only God can do that. And you know that when you start walking in freedom. Um, I also have here, Paula, that you, you have been published over 300 times in the nonfiction market, where you've written devotionals, articles on parenting and homeschooling, because you were a homeschooling mama, and curriculum. Um, you're also venturing onto the dark side as a... Um, as a fiction writer as well, in your first novella, <laughs> you're a charmer, <laughs> Mr. Rich. <laughs> well, I don't know how dark it can be when you're writing about a <laughs> retired guy who dresses up like the Grinch and falls in love. But yeah, fiction exactly. is, is the dark side. <laughs> uh, I only say that because we're strictly nonfiction here, but <laughs> true as right. um, But anyway, um, you've also written in a inspirational romance collection called Postmark Christmas, and you're a finalist for Novella of the Year, the coveted American Christian Fiction Writers Carol Awards, which is, uh, that's a high award. That's amazing. I applaud you for that. And oh, your first you. historical, you're welcome. And your first historical novel, Titanic, Legacy of Betrayal, co-authored with your good friend, Kathy Kovac, who is also a friend of mine, and released in 2012 to five stars. Wow. Applause here. I'm applausing. You did great. <laughs> You're doing you. a great job. <laughs> oh, we had uh, such fun writing that book together. Oh, did you? I, I remember when you were doing that. When I think I might have still, well, no, I think I had just moved back to Colorado when you first started writing that book with Kathleen. So, because I moved back in 2008. So, I think it was shortly after that you started writing that with her. Isn't that right? Or uh, you know, it released in 2012, so we were writing, you know, within a year or two of, of 2012. Okay, okay. Um, well, today's focus, we're going to be um, really talking about your most recent series of books titled Soul, Soul Sense. Four books are included in this series, Awaken, Rooted, Bloom, and Flourish. Um, your most recent title, Paula, how would you best describe this series of books so readers will understand what they will be reading? Maybe in this you can help readers and writers understand what you describe as organic in the way you present your content. Okay, yeah. Um, Soul Sense 
the collection is designed in a devotional format. So basically there's five um, readings a week and each has scripture and prayer with it. And if you read all four books, I'm off offering actually a whole year worth of devotional reading. So if you wanted, you could start, you know, in January with me and go for a whole year reading the devotional books. What I've found from my readers, though, is often as they look through the books, instead of taking that year journey, there's one that jumps out in the description, like, no, this is the one for me right now. And they don't really have to be read in any order. Um, so each book has 13 weeks of really down-to-earth insight that I gleaned from scripture and from my journey into spiritual freedom, which was really pretty arduous. And what I'm finding is spiritual freedom really does grow out of an ever-deepening discovery of who God is and how he interacts with us. And it's really grounded in Ephesians when it says that we need to start understanding the depth of God's love, how wide and long and high it is. And that's when he can do immeasurably more than we can even ask or imagine. And so I've come to believe that at the heart of the Christian experience, if we want genuine, true relationship with Christ and growth, it begins with discovering his love. And it's really, it's just, you talked about a lot of fear when you come out of difficult backgrounds like you and I have. And, you know, the scripture says perfect love casts out fear. And we're afraid of a lot of things in life. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of assault. We have a lot of fears in our life, but God's perfect love, when we ground ourselves in his perfect love, that's when the freedom and the healing can really begin. I agree with you. I um, It was a long time in coming before I understood that his love was perfect and not based on some kind of performance or th- uh, living underneath some type of threat um, that God was judgmental or that he was um, a tyrant in leading my life uh, because that's how I had been accustomed to living in my childhood. And so it was a whole nother way of thinking for me. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened to you as well. And with your description of how you wrote the book containing your story, you're, you're very vulnerable in that. So I'm understanding that being organic is living the story as you're writing or living it just perhaps uh, before you actually wrote the story so that you could share it with your readers to help encourage them along their way. Is that right? Absolutely. You know, um, for many years as a young mom, um, I was homeschooling and my husband came to me and he just said, honey, you need to start a devotional website. And I was like, I am homeschooling your four children and I am a fiction writer and writing novels and I don't have time for a devotional website. Uh-huh. And <laughs> my husband really said, you know, I really think this is a perfect fit for you. I think you need to think about this and pray about it. And we ended up launching what I then called soul sense based on the idea that as we draw closer to Christ, his fragrance, you know, becomes more and part of our life. And then when we walk forward, we want his fragrance to just diffuse in the world around us. So that was the idea behind the original Soul Sense, which was actually a weekly um, devotional that we sent to people's mailboxes. And I was writing as I was healing, as I was coming out of um, religious thinking and performance-driven behavior and perfectionism that really, for me, was self-debilitating. I mean, I really became 
actually self abusive sometimes when I felt I was failing as a mom. And right. so those two first two books in the series, Awaken and Rooted, have a lot of content. They're not only that content, but they have a lot of content that grew over a period of years as I was learning it from the Lord himself and from my life experiences to what he was taking me through in scripture. And I had saved them for many years, knowing that at some point, you know, they needed to be a book. And then all of a sudden, um, in 2015, the Lord just put it on my heart that it was time to start thinking about this book that I had dreamed about for many years. And I was talking to my husband about it, and I I came to understand I didn't have one book. I had a year's worth of books. And mm-hmm. it still sort of blows me away, really, that in a period of a year, we wrote and produced four books. And that amazes me, too. Yeah, I just, and it was because (laughs) it was that organic process. I didn't sit down to say, okay, I'm going to outline this book, and here are the main topics I want to cover. It was, no, this was grown out of my life. And the third book, um, the first two really are about that grounding, a waking up to God being perfect love, waking up to we get to know him, and then he makes us good. We don't focus on being good. That's not the Christian life, and we think it is, a lot of us. That's not it. Mm -hmm. I remember one time I had been studying in Ephesians, and, oh, I loved the first part, you know, all these amazing things about how God thought of us even before the foundation of the world, and he had planned great things for us to do, and, and he was empowering us to do things we could never even imagine. It was just beautiful. And then I got to, you know, kind of the middle toward the end of the book, and the, this is not what the version said, but in my re- mind, this is what I read, be completely mm-hmm. patient. And when I read that, I threw my Bible across the room, And I said, Lord, I can't be completely patient with these four children for an hour. Why do you always set me up to be a failure? I can never live up to your standards. And the Lord said, he just spoke to my heart and he said, Paula, all your life, you have tried to be good. Just get to know me and I'll make you good. And that was the paradigm shift for me that's really showing in those first two books of this collection, beginning to understand this beautiful, natural, progressive intimacy with Jesus. And that the closer I grow to him and the more I keep my eyes on him, the more these things I was trying to fix in myself and failing at, like being patient with my children, it it started falling away naturally because he changed me. Well, that seems to me to... It seems to me to take the pressure off, I mean, and opens you up more to like whew, being able to take a deep breath and and just let him do the work and and listen to him and and not to um, just try to do things in this performance based uh, personality or what you're trying to develop in yourself, but letting him take care of all that as you listen to him, you become who he wants you to be. And that's where, too, the friendship and the trust grew because he was so gentle with me. He didn't manipulate me. He didn't get upset if I got angry. In fact, one time he said to me, would you just admit you're mad at me because we're wasting a lot of time with you just feeling guilty 
and putting up smoke screens. Right now you're mad. I'm like, oh, I can be mad at mm-hmm. God. You well, know, that puts into a whole new perspective about confrontation, doesn't it? Yeah, it was <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, but, I you know, know when you talked about. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I that was basically what you described as the first two books. What we've been talking about. Can you share what the third book uh, looked like? Bloom. Um, where did that come out of? What kind of theme did that book uh, contain? Well, after the content that was mostly in the first two books, after that part of my journey in my life, is I was really grounded in how much the Lord loved me and how trustworthy he was. He allowed a long season, years, not months, of intense, um, intense struggle. All four of my children ended up having surgeries. My husband almost died. And during that time period when we almost lost him, then we also lost his business. And um, in losing his business, then we almost lost our house. And Mm -hmm. so we just went from crisis to crisis for about seven years. I remember this with you. Um, We were friends during that time. And it was a really difficult time. I remember praying for you through all of that. And um, I just couldn't even imagine the obstacles that you were up against and trying to keep focusing on your writing. Um, I think that's what, well, I know that to focus on writing during those portions of your life are truly a God-given leading and gift because we do share hardships, all of us in life. And to be able to continue to move through ministry of what God is calling us to do is quite the example of God's miracle work in our life. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to focus on anything besides crisis after crisis. Well, and I did during the writing of Bloom. I really did have to step back a lot from my writing. I ended up getting very involved with American Christian fiction writers and doing a lot of leadership. And when the Lord first led me to that, I was kind of angry. I was like, you know, I just got an agent And she had said she would shop my books. And then the Lord had told me to put it away that I needed to focus on my family. So a lot of my writing during that time was really more my private journals with the Lord. And, um, and he told me, he said, I'm not asking you to perform for me. I'm giving you a gift. And it was those leadership positions with American Christian fiction writers that kind of kept me grounded and learning and growing as a writer and attending, you know, conferences and things to develop my craft, even while I wasn't writing as much at home. During that season, he also gave me some curriculum writing, which paid well and helped cover some of our expenses. But it wasn't, you know, the writing I had dreamed of doing. So when I wrote Bloom, a lot of that and the next book, too, came out of those seasons of prayers and journals. And in the last book, Flourish, I didn't know uh, when I started producing and releasing these four books, I didn't know that in the last book, the Lord would ask me to revisit um, the abuse of my childhood and to write about emotional, verbal, and spiritual abuse in the last one. But it makes total sense because Mm -hmm. he had taken me through my life, grounded me in his love, Then he had taken me through storm and shown me, you know, that his love, his strength, his wisdom is what carries us through the struggle in times of trial. And that 
even when we don't see any fruit, we're blooming in him. The fruit is growing and others are, you know, seeing and, and partaking of our fruit, even though we feel like we're just struggling. We're still right. Blooming. And that just really astounds me how God does that because in Flourish, you mentioned something about being able to walk through grief and retain joy in the Lord at the same time. And I've just pretty recently experienced some of that myself, probably within the past four years, that there were times of some really deep distress, but yet there were there was also focus on on complete joy and things happening in my life. And it felt like a, a conundrum. I almost felt like or I, I didn't really know how to feel because I thought, should I walk through this grief or should I walk through this joy? And I finally determined just through asking the Lord about it, that I can walk through both at the same time. And I feel like that your story um, in Flourish that I've been reading and thoroughly enjoying um, really lets us know that, yes, we will walk through these deep places, but even during the times of walking through these deep and grieving places, we can also move through and live in joy and but the joy is in the lord for sure is his undergirding of strength you know when he invited me into the journey my journey of writing flourish it was such an organic journey again of writing a book because again i was writing things i'd always wanted to write i had tried to sit down and do outlines and make these books happen and they just never went anywhere but as i entered into this at his time after he asked me to take a break completely from writing after those car accidents, I spent a couple of years wandering around, taking walks, sitting on my desk, praying, planting flowers, um, healing, and thinking I was accomplishing nothing. And it was hard to let go of that desire to, you know, I was supposed to be a writer. My kids were finally old enough and most of them out of the house. So why, why wasn't I getting anything done? And he just asked me to be still and heal. And I had no idea at the time that those journal entries and those walks and that processing of life would be actually the book that was produced in a very short time um, called Gosh. Flourish, Dolphin's Flourish. And, and I remember writing with my desk being full of journals. And he would bring to mind something he had taught me. And I would have four or five journals, sometimes open handwritten journals, and I would be digging through them and trying to, where is it that the Lord taught me that? Because it was just what I needed for this next thing in this book. And so really it was an organic writing of that book over many years. And so then when it came time to write, that 500 page book was written in, gosh, I think three months. Oh my goodness. Well, that's amazing. I, um, I'm just really, I, I'm, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying Flourish, um, too, as it relates to my own story as well. And I think the readers are going to get that when they read through your story and they'll be able to see their story as a whole and how you healed and maybe their journeys will take a similar path. Um, to kind of change directions for just a minute, because we're getting close to running out of time. Will you share with our listeners how you got started in writing and speaking and what kind of advice would you give to aspiring authors and speakers? You know, uh, gosh, when you think of getting started, it was third grade when I fell in love with writing. <laughs> my little third grade teacher taught us personification and I wrote a story about a pencil and eraser that, by golly, someday I think I'm going to have to do that for a children's book. I still love that little third grade story. 
And so for me, it was all my life. Um, I have journals starting at fifth grade and it just, I can't, I can't help but write. And so then as I got older and my children came and I was no longer teaching and I knew I wanted to pursue a career as an author, which I had known since third grade, um, what was really good for me is I just began the journey. I began writing and then I decided, okay, now I'm going to go to a conference and I took my, you know, 120,000 page manuscript with me, printed out to the conference, which is major newbie mistake, by the way. Right. And, <laughs> yes. <showed> up. <laughs> and I learned oh how goodness. much I didn't know about the craft right. of writing. And, and so it just began a journey then of, again, organically, the Lord leads us as we surrender to his timing and his will. Things did not happen as quickly for me as I wanted, but looking back, mm-hmm. I'm so thankful because I really did have a, a mama's heart to focus there first, and my journey of healing has taken a while, and a lot yeah. of what I believe to be my truest calling, I was not healed enough when I wanted to sell that first book to step into the fullness, I could have done a different ministry. I could have had the craft of writing well enough, but I would have been content with less than what he wanted to do through me. So we become impatient. Oh my goodness. Well, and it's Mm -hmm. so painful. And there's, you know, there's a lot of rejection as a writer, as an author. And I remember going to a seminar on codependency and they said, if you've been in a codependent relationship, you need to learn how to fail. And then I went right. to walk and I was like, man, God, I thought you wanted me to be a writer because I had something to offer the world. But, you know, short of trying right. to be a movie star or maybe a used car salesman, we're all well, so quickly. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and well, so, Paula, we're, we're, you know, those, we're, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, time. but we are, run, we are running out of time. I don't know if you're hearing those promptings in the background, but I'd like to let listeners know who may be joining us from Oregon. Paula's next speaking event, Free to Flourish, will be on February 10th through the 11th in Yamhill, Oregon. You can email admin at Y-A-M-H-I-L-L christianchurch.org for details. And... Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together, Paula. I, I wish our interview was longer. I think there, we could learn so much from you. I know I can. Um, we've been on this journey of writing together for a long time, and, and I just love hearing your story. Um, I'd like to find out, are there any last words you'd like to share before we um, exit, just briefly? You know, I know we're just about out of time here, so I'll just say what I said at the beginning is, We serve a God of love. Get to know his love and your life will completely change. Yes, I agree. Well, we'll use that in closing. Um, But I'd like to say I hope to the listeners that you've enjoyed the show today. Truth's Voice will return next month on February 24th, where I'll be interviewing counselor, author, teacher Lucille Zimmerman. I look forward to interviewing Lucille and a host of other guests each month who use their truest voice to help the rest of us share our own sacreds. If you'd like to listen to this or any other podcast in the Along Came a Writer Network, you can find us in iTunes. Just search for the Along Came a Writer Writer Radio in iTunes. You'll see the listing of shows in our network. Just follow the links to the show you'd like to listen to. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today, everyone. And also Paula has a giveaway 
for the book Flourish. If you would like to be a part of that giveaway, please make a comment on her site or, or anywhere you have seen this show advertised through social media. Um, and I will put you in a drawing and we will see who wins that book. And I can promise you that you will love reading this book as I have. Um, Paula's writing is lyrical, it's beautiful, and it tells a story in a flowing manner. The prayers are perfect to each devotion each day and or each week. So just uh, go ahead and let us know you were listening and perhaps you'll win a free copy. Again, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next month. Bye-bye, everyone.